0: Hello and welcome to episode three of Wake Me Up When It's Over podcast. Uh, we are your hosts, Anthony and Kayla. And if you've made it this far, uh, many thanks to you. So much. We have so much gratitude. We appreciate it. And uh, actually, before we move any further, I think Kayla has a very special announcement for you guys.
1: Hello, excited. Okay. So we're finally up on Spotify. So Spotify is your streaming service. Just type in SFC Radio and you'll find our podcast. Our second episode should be up. So by the time you're listening to this, all three episodes will be. So episode three will consist of us going more in depth on COVID and businesses. So we'll take a look at the second wave that we're currently seeing and then how that will affect businesses and then their operations to come.
0: Yes. And, and everybody, check this out. We have a special guest joining us today. We'll be asking Mm -hmm. Ms. Ida Sanchez-Person-Perry the Assistant Professor and Director of the Center of Entrepreneurship at St. Francis College, a few questions about business, COVID, and her take on this looming second wave. So if this sounds interesting to you, which of course it does, stay tuned and listen to the rest of the episode because it is packed with information, people. Wake me up on this over podcast. Boom. Okay, so coronavirus, there is this uh, looming, there's this looming second wave. Kayla, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about this second wave that is just off to the distance?
1: Okay, so it's definitely sounding very scary to me. Mm -hmm. Although we did live through this already and we kind of have an idea of what we should do, what we shouldn't do. Like stock up on toilet paper that people have been doing, <laughs> right. which is annoying. Because when I need toilet paper, I can't find. Exactly. I got to use bounty, whatever. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, I actually am kind of freaked out, but not as much as I was when it had first started. We were on lockdown; right. we couldn't go outside. You know. No. How about you? How do you feel? Uh,
0: I feel. I I don't I indifferent. I feel indifferent about it. I feel. <laughs> We've been through it once. Um, My question too. You just brought up the first time, and there was a quote-unquote lockdown, if that's what you want to call it. Um, How do you feel about a second lockdown? There might be four to six weeks.
1: Um, Second lockdown. I don't know. I I feel like it'll definitely it'll definitely like mess up people's plans right people are like you know people are starting to get into the gist of going to school Mm -hmm. well obviously now they announced today that schools are closing but like people have been getting back into like real life Mm -hmm. like going to school going to work um adjusting to society going to get groceries and like it being like completely normal and like people going to doctors and people can't do that anymore you know
0: i feel like i feel like it's Okay. My honest opinion. I think it's okay. I think I'm ready for it. I think that there should be a a whole world, you know, country wide lockdown. Let everybody, the whole country go away for four to six weeks. Okay. So we're all on the same page. Because I, I feel like the first time it was real patchy, you know, one state was doing lockdown, but then that state wasn't doing it. So it's like, what's the difference? And especially here in New York, where we have so many people traveling here. Um, What's the point if we're going to have people that aren't quarantined coming to our city? It's just it's a never-ending cycle of infection. So I think I'm actually pretty excited and happy that uh, we're going to do a country, or that I'm happy with the idea, I guess, of doing a countrywide lockdown.
1: I just feel like the United States isn't handling this very well because if they were,
0: we wouldn't be in the situation right now. Yeah, I think that they could definitely be handling it better. and. There's, there's, there's got to be a better way. So I'm excited about the lockdown. I think it will keep everybody safe. Everybody's going to be on the same page again. and At least we'll know generally, because of course there are going to be people that don't follow the rules as always, right? But that's fine. At least the majority of the people in the majority of the country will be all in the same place. And we won't have to worry about two different states. Like we're quarantined and then Florida is having spring break. Like that's just crazy. It makes no sense. It's, and it defeats the that's purpose. That's kind of...
1: That's kind of one thing I'm, like, kind of excited. For. Not excited, but, like, I'm looking forward to see how Biden handles this and, yes. like, how he puts this into play, how he's going to lock down the country. Not lock down, like, prison lockdown, but, you know, like, <laughs> lock, like keep us in our homes and we yes. only go out if necessary. If we need, like, groceries or if we need food or, right. well, food is groceries. If we need, like, medicine or urgent the care, incentives. then that's when we need incentives. to leave our house. Yeah
2: basically.
0: I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I just wish that uh, everybody can be <sighs> on a vacation, including me, because I know that I am an uh, essential worker. So it gets a little frustrating. Okay, here's, here's the downside of it. I'll tell you what the downside is right now. Okay, for me, I'm an essential worker. I go to work. I get paid zero extra dollars than I get paid on a normal basis. Okay. Now, the people who are on unemployment, they are getting paid six hundred, six hundred, right? And in some cases, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's six hundred dollars on top of their regular check, which is insanity. That was before insanity. Where's my extra six hundred dollars?
1: I listen. I wish. Well, not that I wish, but having unemployment, I did kind of feel bad, like from my experience, because I yeah. felt like I was sitting on my butt at home, like a couch potato not being productive, not going out, not going working, you know, not doing anything. And that bothered me. Well, the money was fine. Like, hmm, if I get extra money in my account for not doing nothing, shoot, that's fine. But it's like, I felt bad for, like, I looked at my mom and I was like, Mm -hmm. damn, like my mom is going to work every day, working with people that have COVID Mm -hmm. and she's not getting any extra money. Maybe a little incentive here and there, but Nothing on some, oh, you know, you get a $600 bonus on top right. of what you get every single two weeks. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of felt really, like, in- uncomfortable. Not, incom- I felt left
0: out. That's how I felt, okay? Uh, there, was, uh, there were doctors. You guys should have
1: definitely gotten something, though. You should have. There were like doctors in my workers.
0: building that work in my building that got uh, COVID. And I'm sure we had patients coming in that had COVID, uh, whether they knew it or not. Uh, clearly, right, if the doctor got sick. And um, the only thing that I got was a letter saying that if I don't wear a mask, I will be fired. So (laughs) in general, uh, I got nothing and I am not really I'm I'm not excited to work and um, not get paid extra money. That's what
1: I just feel like the people that put themselves at risk the most. Should be getting something in return. I think so. We should get paid not more nothing than crazy, everything. but yeah, you I mean, guys should not, definitely be getting paid a livable, yeah. solid wage that you guys are like okay,
0: day, all right, time and a half right. every day, right? They
1: should do time and a half. I'm
0: gonna ask you here. Um, so now, now that we're gonna go into the second wave, right? Uh, there's obviously gonna be stores that are closing again. Uh, there's a lot of companies that have already gone out of business. Uh, GNC, I know, is one of them. It's a big one. Where am I going to get my protein shakes? Actually, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually get my protein shakes from there, but still, there's people. Where, you know how many people <laughs> rely on that? <laughs> you know how many people need that, pro, that pre-workout to do something? Protein,
1: vitamins. Are you yeah. kidding me?
0: It's crazy. Uh, the one that hit the the hardest for me was uh, Models. My God. Oh, I forgot about that. I'm so upset. You got to go to Moe's. Where am I going to go to get my You Got to go to Moe's. Come on. What is this?
1: And Moe's is like, they're very, it's not that they're cheap, but it's like, I go into Nike and it's telling me that I got to pay $100 for a hoodie. Right. But when I go to Models, it's like sixty, fifty, forty dollars. I'm like, okay, that's a steal. So and I'm they grabbing this. They
0: have literally everything in that store. Everything, from boxing gloves, to Under Armour, weights. I mean, come on, they got everything. Should they sponsor me? They can't because they're closed. God,
1: you see, they're being replaced. They're being replaced by dicks. Watch your mouth. Now I know no man you in the world to- is like. I gotta go to Dicks today. I gotta I mean, get, that's, get that's me some, some workout come gear. Mouth. Come on now. Come on. <laughs>
0: i'm upset <laughs> i am upset let me go to dicks like what <laughs> i will not stand for
1: this this is unbelievable that's funny <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's upsetting okay uh Pier one and peer is Pier one imports really closing i see that here on the rundown some locations okay but the hope it's not like Pier one overall is closing right I don't think so. Okay. Good. But I know Modell's overall is. The amount of, the, the love that I have for going into furniture stores is unmatched. I don't know why. I didn't know something that. About, something, uh, well, okay. I'm not even going to say anything. There's
1: something about,
0: <laughs> this. Friend, after this podcast, this friendship.
1: Every is time short, we have an episode, every time we have an episode, <laughs> I learn something new about you and then you get upset. And I'm, I'm just like that I'm you sorry. I mean, snaps. do you know anything? Do you know much about? Me? I didn't know that. I didn't see anything about Pier One Imports or fucking IKEA or Sears. Not Sears. Not Sears. IKEA or yeah. what's the name of the other one?
0: Yeah, uh, can, Whatever. You know what? Home Goods. Afterwards, I'll give you a list of all of my favorite furniture stores.
1: Just two. just give me a book about your life, and then uh, I'll be like, okay, will, I'm up to I will date. write
0: you a book right now. Um, <laughs> CB2 is definitely my favorite, one of my favorites. It's amazing. Love that What thing. is that? It's a furniture store. CB2? Never heard. High never end. heard of her. It's high-end. I love it. They have, like, fucking animals. That's probably why. <laughs> it's, I, it's my favorite place. It's my favorite place. I don't know why.
1: Where? Is there one located in the city?
0: Yeah. All over the city, they got one on 59th Street. Yes. Ikea is always great. I love Ikea's. Um, uh, what's the other one? Crate and Barrel? There's an
1: Ikea, there's Barrel. an Ikea in Brooklyn, I think, right? There's yeah, a- I've heard of Cray and Barrel.
0: There's a Ikea on 59th Street and a CB2.
1: Ikea in the city, yeah, no way. Yes,
0: it's like a couple blocks down from where I live. I mean, from where I work, I might as well live there. Maybe. You
1: know what. I guess I just got to take a tour of the city again, just to refresh my Next memory. Because I have city, not. I, mean, I walk you
0: around. I walk you around.
1: Yeah, please. You should have done that last time we met up. But you were going to go I see did...
0: people. I didn't know what you to do.
1: See people. See people. Was I? Yes.
0: I walked you all the way to fucking
1: Trump Tower. <laughs> was I? What was I going to do? I forgot what I was going to do that day, but. I, I don't remember. That was so long ago. Not too long ago, but it was long ago.
0: You got bad memory anyways. I'm going to have to cut some of this out.
1: Please. I do. <laughs> I have Alzheimer's. God forbid. <laughs> That's the biggest fear. Can I tell you? Dementia is- Anthony's. Dementia. Time Yo.
0: Time and and uh, dementia. Two biggest fears right there. Hard. What? Time. I'm scared of time. I don't like it. I don't understand it. Why can I not? It's, what do you- I can't stop time. It just passed like that. that Second, I will, I will never be that Anthony from two seconds ago. I just wasted all. Look at, look at all the time that I never thought of it that way. I don't like it. I can't control it. I can't stop it. It Freaks me out. I don't like it. I'm scared
1: of cancer. Ooh, yeah. I'm really scared of cancer. That's one. That's one thing I'm scared of. I did not think of time like that. Yeah, that's crazy. That is true though. Can't go back. Can't, can't, can't can't rewind. Can't do shit. You oh my God.
0: Ones. Boom. My mom is over there getting old. My dad over there getting old. Can't stop
1: it. I hate it. Can't. It's horrible. Uh, time. You're just wasting waste of time, you know? You yeah. don't know when you're like being productive or when you're not. It's scary. It's there scary. You. It's scary.
0: Okay. Now that I'm filled with anxiety, <laughs> let's. Uh, we went on forward. a
1: tangent. <laughs> let's just move on. That was forward. fun. We're talking about our fears. Oh.
0: Uh, Okay. Um <laughs> Pier one is closing people god damn it. New
1: York and Co. What is it? <laughs> New York and Company is like a clothing store, ah. mostly for women.
0: Ah, okay, that's why I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's probably I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't stepped like full foot into like a New York and Company, but I know they like cater to women. I've yeah, heard about right. the store.
0: So I just kind of I've put never it been in. in there. I, I have no idea. That's okay. Okay. So now that, okay. So we have these stores that are closing, right? Um, what is What happens now to those people? Now they're going to be on unemployment, right? They lose their jobs and their benefits. Um, what, where do they go from there? Do, are they getting alternative jobs now? Are they going to, you work know at what it?
1: sucks now? I'm sorry. I keep cutting in. Go oh, continue. Right. Finish in there. Are they going to start
0: working at, uh, like, supermarkets? How many people could bag you groceries, right? I mean, and how much do they even get paid? What jobs can people really get at this
1: point? Oh, my God. Forever 21 also. Whatever. Um, I just feel bad because it's very, 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 very hard to find a job right now. Like, it's the worst time to be looking for a job. You know, and right. a lot of places they say that they're hiring, but it's like they have to go through really the process. Yeah. It's, just, you know? it's too Never much work. It's hard. way too much work. Yeah. And it sucks. It sucks. It it's really does. Just hard. And I hope that whoever's listening to this and they're going through a hard time, I just send my prayers out to you and send yes, my best praying. of luck to you We're and your family for you. because I know it's hard. I really do. Yeah
0: gets uh, our, our hearts go out to our listeners. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the episode again for our clown of the week. Now, usually, Kayla, uh, we, we, do, uh, we do a couple segments in each episode, but since the clownish behavior, th- there's Definitely been so much on. clownish behavior lately that we, we just have to double it up. We're going to double it up this episode, and we're solely focusing on Clown of the Week. And we're bringing you two clowns. Kayla, why don't you go and uh, give us clown number one for today's episode?
1: So our first Clown of the Week is Tory Lanes. Mm-hmm. Mr. Tory Lanes himself decided to plead not guilty on his charge for shooting Miss Megan right. Thee Stallion on the foot. Now, now, I personally feel like he should just plead guilty and just go but since he feels like he didn't do it like he wasn't right. holding the gun like shot listen I wasn't there people could say there's two there's three sides to every story there's his right. side her side and the truth I don't no, know what happened I, I wasn't swore, there I but I saw you in the video <laughs> yeah I was in the car I was in the trunk actually and let's just be let's just be real let's confess um but i i I wouldn't know. We just need I feel like we need more evidence. And I just feel like right now I don't know who to believe because I'm hearing Megan's side. I'm hearing Tori's side. I'm hearing Megan's ex best friend's side. So who knows? Hopefully this case rolls out fine. Um I just feel like he didn't need to make a whole oh, album is that about this situation. It's really that's ridiculous, it was about. unnecessary. Oh, okay. I didn't either. <laughs> He doesn't deserve my my time. I heard about it on the shade room. Yeah, so that's really my piece on um Tour Lane's. Just will I'll just be kind of on top of checking in on that because I really want to know what happened because I'm not hearing any clarity. I'm very it's very cloudy. The situation hmm. is very cloudy. So we'll see. Anthony, why don't you tell us who our second clown of the week is? Okay.
0: Uh second clown of the week for today's episode will be uh Miss Britney Spears. Miss Britney Spears, okay?
1: My loneliness is killing me. Copyright. Um I...
0: so <laughs> <laughs> um so what happens with so for those of you who have been living under a rock, Britney Spears has been in a very nasty conservative ship battle with her father for quite a while now and um Recently,
1: ever since she shaved her head. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> right <laughs> back in those seven, right? Um, so now she she lost the court battle. Uh, so her father still is in control of this uh conservatorship over her, which uh, is really stopping her from doing multiple things, uh, from having children to uh, career aspiration, whatever it is that she wants to do, going, going out, out uh, interviews uh it, there's a lot of restrictions on her life. That's basically what the conservatorship is. Um, but can we talk about how her lawyer, her own lawyer, said that she is not, she doesn't have the mental capacity to do almost anything and how he believes that she belongs in this conservatorship. This is the lawyer, mind you, that is fighting Shame. for her to get out of the conservatorship. I can only imagine why she lost, right? Um. So, <laughs>
1: she need a new lawyer right. a new attorney right. so
0: she lost the battle <laughs> surprise surprise and her big statement to everybody was get this she will know she will never sing again that's it she's had enough she's no she albums quit. no, no tours. more tours and to that I say when did she sing because I know that I have never seen that woman perform and sing I've never seen that one just lip sing every time okay when was she singing? I never saw it, Kayla.
1: I just feel like this, the conservatorship, because Britney's, her voice is just really bad. Like she hasn't, I don't know. I don't know. What would you do though, if your favorite artist decides to say, I ain't singing no more. I ain't doing this no more. I ain't coming over here no more.
2: Uh, what I'm would you do?
0: i will be like, damn, that's a shame. Uh, but I have a lot of different favorite artists. so I think I'll be okay. That's like uh, Jennifer Lopez saying she's never going to perform again. It's never going to happen. What? Like no movies,
1: no again. interviews, no tour. I don't care. Well, nobody cares about the movies. I, I her care. movies are good. Uh, Hustlers was good. Hustlers was good. Hustlers, Hustlers were good. I did enjoy it.
0: That's a good one. I don't really watch too many movies. Uh, I just like seeing just it's just seeing her perform. It's amazing. It is amazing. She's, is really, amazing. Good. she's
1: mean, really good. She's a really good see. performer. I'll give her
0: that. Uh, I could go on for days. Um, she's not the best singer but she's not bad I'll get, uh, she's not for bad. performing
1: bad. though I'll give her like her, I'll
0: give her her, her props yeah, she's yeah. really good I'm not gonna say she's the best singer but I don't think people give her enough credit
1: you know? no yeah for sure
0: it's a point it's a point anyways but this isn't about her Britney Spears uh, says she's not gonna sing anymore I think that's hilarious because when did she sing uh, I don't <laughs> see anybody saying ooh tap in the vein oh I need that new Britney album I'm waiting on it. Come on, give me a break, Brittany. Uh, So for that, she is our Clown of the Week. Uh, And stay tuned for our next episode if you want to hear all of the new clownish behavior. And maybe, maybe we might be getting, because again, towards the end of the year, we might be, we might have to just do Clown of the Year. Who will it be? Big reveal next episode. Wake me up on this old
2: podcast. I think it's a good time now to introduce our guests. Miss Professor Ida Sanchez. Should I try and say the last name? Is it no? It's okay. It took me it took me about a month of dating my husband to actually pronounce that last name. So it's it's Person Puri. For a while I was calling him the first like week and a half I was calling him Person Pietro for some reason. So it's okay. So it's Ida Sanchez Person Piri. But you just call me Ida. Okay. Anybody we got Ida here today? Um and she has had a very interesting career. She has actually been my professor once or twice in the past. And she is here to talk to us today about entrepreneurship and business, especially now during these crazy times that we are in. So, Ida, uh, if you can give us a little overview of your um, sure. work. Sure. Sure. So um, I have been at uh, St. Francis since the fall of 2000. 16, so I'm uh, entering my fifth academic year. I'm in the middle of my fifth academic year here. This has really been my first full-time uh, teaching position. Prior to this, I was a uh, adjunct uh, part-time teacher at LIM College, which is focused on the business of fashion, which is really what my background is. I was in the uh, uh, the apparel industry. I did product development, sourcing, and buying. Um, I also uh was on the well, it was on the teams that launched a couple of uh, different lifestyle brands, one of which was uh Sean John, which was a uh hip hop brand uh based on um or the face of the fate the the face of the brand was uh you know Sean John uh Diddy, right? So you would know him as P. Diddy or Puff Daddy or whatever you know him as now. Um, I also uh, was on a team that launched a brand called the Daisy Fluentis brand, which was um a partnership with the company that I work for and Kohl's department store, and uh it was launched to really take advantage of the growing Latinx uh uh culture and uh the growing consumer base. Uh and uh, Daisy is uh or was well known uh uh crossover between the, the Latin market and the, the standard market. She was uh, one of the original VJs on uh, MTV. Mm-hmm. And then I also worked on a, on a, uh, a smaller lifestyle brand, which was Flint and Tinder that actually uh, came out of a uh, of a Kickstarter project. So that's pretty much my background. I've also been an entrepreneur... Uh, serial entrepreneur uh, since college I went to FIT and while I was at FIT I had the usual types of college jobs Mm -hmm. and then I had the opportunity I'd saved up a little money and I had a friend who became my business partner and we opened up um, a small like accessories uh, booth in one of the indoor flea markets and that was I did that guess would have been the summer before my junior year. So I did that for about two and a half years. Uh, and I was able to, you know, support myself, pay my tuition, my rent, have have pocket money doing that. So that was really great. Uh, and then after I graduated, I had a job at what was one of the, at the time, one of the largest buying offices we represented, um, many of at the time, the independent department stores which was uh, the retail landscape is is much different now. Uh, There are mega retailers at the time. uh, Back in 1994, there were a number of many more independent department stores that would have like three or four or five, you know, large department stores in an area. But, you know, it wasn't as if there's like, as there are now, there are maybe like five or six different conglomerates that own many of the department stores. So, so that's, that's my background. I also uh, owned a cafe for, with my husband for about eight years. That was in Brooklyn. It was on the border of uh, Bed-Stuy and Clinton Hill. It was really, uh, a, a, really a learning experience. And I have, uh, I've been a landlord on and off for about a long time. Um, that was also a really great learning exp- That's also been a very great learning experience. And then, uh, most recently, this summer, we were going to launch um, some units for Airbnb, but because of the pandemic, I was I made the decision not to launch these units as as Airbnb because of my concern about us contracting COVID yeah. with strangers in our you know in our on our property. It's very understandable. Hey, <laughs> okay. wow, that is a lot. <laughs> Um what do you think pushed you into wanting to become this entrepreneur genius that you are? I don't I don't think that (laughs) thank you. But but not really. So um I I would say that I when I was a, a a child or a teenager, I I dreamed of actually being a designer, but unfortunately I, I can't draw, which was a prerequisite of being a you know a fashion designer. So I ended up at FIT in their merchandising and buying program. And I just saw people launching brands or they would come back and they would be guest speakers, you know, from you know large brands. And I thought, wow, I would really love to launch my own company. And as I mentioned, one of my fellow students, who a friend of mine, also had a very similar idea, and we cobbled together. You know, I think, think we cobbled together like twenty. I I remember the exact number. We cobbled together like twenty seven hundred and fifty dollars, so that we could rent this booth in this indoor flea market and also buy all of these accessories wholesale. Uh, and it was really great because we were able to, she was also uh, in the, the buying and merchandising program at FIT. So we were able to apply what we were learning in school to to this business. And I, and I think, um, and we were able to also apply all the marketing classes that we took. Uh, marketing was a lot different than, you know, it was not social media. You know, this is 1992 to 1994. So very much different landscape. Uh, definitely more traditional penny saver ads, flyers, and and, and the such. Uh, but I would have liked to think that if I was, uh, you know, if I was you and launching a business, that I would be savvy enough uh, to use social media to advertise and and market my products and or reach out to my professors for help in that area. Right. Okay. Um, it's funny that you mentioned social media because I know that about maybe let's a year ago, social media is a growing space for businesses where you don't have a lot of money. It's free promotion. It's the perfect place to grow a budding business. Today, now that we're in a pandemic and it's hard to get out there and actually open a new business, what do you think social media, do you think it's more useful now than ever? So I think if everyone thinks, well, if I open up a platform and like open up a Facebook page or create a Facebook page or get on Instagram that my business is automatically going to be a success. And that's not necessarily true. It's about doing it intentionally and intelligently and understanding who your market might be and how to expose and how to get exposure for your product to that market. Right? So if you're, if you're selling a product that's meant for, um, college student myself my husband my friends are not your target customer so if you're on pinterest and you're targeting people who are in their 40s but really your product is for people in their 20s then that's not very effective so as i said you really have to be intentional you have to understand where your customers are where and what platforms they access so if again if you were my if you if i'm your customer if i'm someone in their 40s in 50s are your customer, then you're not going to be on necessarily on TikTok. Okay. Although you might, I mean, there's certainly people who are in the 40s and 50s on TikTok, but more than likely you, you'd be focusing on Instagram, perhaps Facebook, and doing some Twitter. If I was focusing on um, a teenager or a tween, then I better be on TikTok. And a year and a half ago, I should have been on Snapchat. Yes. Right? Okay. So I think that, so I think it's. I think yes, it's critical, but it's also critical for you to be intentional and to understand who your market is and to go where your market is at, right? With okay. social media they're they're accessing. Now, today we are facing a lot of struggles with the pandemic. Is there one thing, if anything, would change about how businesses are handling the pandemic? So um I think I'm gonna what is now, for the past few weeks, I've really been, you know, ruminating on the idea that COVID-19 is like an amplifier of change, right? Mm-hmm. And the book effect of this amplification, you know, it, its impact on startups as well as existing and developed firms, right? So there are obviously some changes that we can all see, right? So speeding up of the growth of um, growth and adaption of working remotely, like working at home. Um, certainly the increased growth of e-commerce at the expense of brick and mortar retail. Uh and and certainly um what we and everyone I think who's listening to this podcast is that education transitioning to online, you know, to be more online courses, right? So what you're saying is what I would like to change. Uh, I I think that, uh, it's going to be very difficult to change anything. I think COVID is, is like, you know. To use the old adage, throwing gasoline on a fire. So it's just going to explode and grow and, and change is, is where it's going to be at. And we're not, we're going to wake up in like, you know, one, two, three years from now, you know, after there's full, hopefully full resolution of the pandemic that we can all go out and be, and be friendly and engage and network, right? Properly mm-hmm. uh, not network on, on Zoom, but network actually in person. Uh, and the, the, the entrepreneurial ecosystem is going to be Completely different. You know, certainly within certain industries, such as retail, such as the restaurant industry, we've seen them pivot. And some have pivoted very quickly. Some have pivoted and had uh I'm gonna say success. I don't mean success in that they're making tons of money. I mean success in that they're surviving, right? You know, there's there's a lot of challenges. Uh, whether you're, you know, in any type of service business, whether you're in the restaurant the bar business, uh, whether you're in the, the, the accommodations, the hotel business, whether you're in, you know, beauty beauty salons. I you think about that. Think about being a hairstylist or a makeup artist or an esthetician, and then you're you're, at, you're literally out of work because of the regulations that are in put in place to protect everybody to save their save people's lives but your business is fat because of that. I'm not saying that business is worth more than people's lives, but we're definitely seeing this exponential change. Um, We actually have one of our professors, one of the professors in the entrepreneurship program, I happen to be, I don't think I, I mentioned this, but I'm the director of the Center for Entrepreneurship here at St. Francis, and I'm also the director for the minor. Um, and one of our professors uh, who teaches intro to entrepreneurship is, is, an, is an actual entrepreneur. He's, he's a he's appeared actually on, on Shark Tank uh, for one of his businesses. That's Kyle Bergman, but he also did. He um, also does. Uh, personal training he was that was like his side gig um, to sort of help uh support his businesses right so then jim's closed down and he was able to with two co-founders and there are other people who are doing this also have kind of flipped it and been able to use zoom to do these training courses I, I yoga courses any kind of like health and fitness courses um and, and in fact his new business has blown up, and he's actually getting um, interest from from angels and venture capitalists to help him grow his business. Like looking to be the next, uh, you know, Peloton. So there's an opportunity where you know you're really your business is in you know your work career, right? Because he didn't own the gym; he was just working for them. But your income has gone from whatever to nothing. And that was helping you survive while you're building your other business. But you are then able to take that pivot and create another business, which is even more successful than the one that you were, you've were been building for the last couple of years. So I think that's really um, a great example of some of the changes that we've seen, some of the opportunities that we've seen because of COVID. Um, obviously, there have been other Uh, other experiences that were not positive. You know, you you just need to walk around nearby campus. Uh, Think of all those uh, those small mom-and-pop businesses that relied not on just the people living in the neighborhood, but all of the people who worked in the neighborhood. The government offices, those big business buildings, even the schools. I mean, St. Francis is just one school in Brooklyn Heights. You had Brooklyn Law. You had NYU Tandem. You had... New York uh, Institute of Technology, thousands upon thousands of students, feeding, you know, being customers for those small businesses, and it's, you know, really, it's really challenging. And uh, you know, it's interesting um, where I am. I'm about an hour and a half uh, from the Valley. Sp- oh, it used to be two hours from the city, but I think now there's not as much traffic, so it's about an hour and a half. I'm kind of in a rural area, but um, where I'm staying, where my house is, mm-hmm. and people. Just like me, my apartment was about five blocks uh, from the from the uh, from campus, and I I gave it up. My lease was up in May first, and I, I gave it up because I could see that the apartment was going to sit empty, and I didn't want to pay pay rent right. on an apartment. And so I'm, I'm up here full time in my house, but there are other people fleeing the city and seeing their dollars leaving Brooklyn, and being pumped into to my community, which is good for my community, but. What about all the the small mom and pop shops that were uh, on Remsen, on Hall, all the areas around St. Francis and then Lower Downtown Brooklyn? That, that's really um, when one thinks about it, it's it's sad. It's really sad. Have you been um, Have you been on campus recently? Have you been around that area? I have not. I don't have any classes, and I live on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, so I really have no reason to go to the school. Um, mm-hmm. But I have seen some videos, and it seems very weird. It's just very empty. Yeah, it's it's really um, it's really sad. I mean, I don't mean to be inarticulate, but that that's really the word for it. It's just it's just sad. And understanding that these are people's livelihoods, and that uh, livelihoods that they've spent five, ten, fifteen years. I mean, you know that there's stores that you that have been there for twenty and thirty years that. Are barely, you know, able to survive, and you know it's interesting. I was, uh, I read a study conducted by uh, Columbia University where they interviewed 5,800 small businesses. I and mean, this is during COVID. They, they they started this process in April of uh, of this year, and they they interviewed 5,800 businesses across across the U.S. Uh, and what they found is that only twenty five percent of those firms had cash on hand that would hold that would carry them only for a month so so they were liquid only for a month and then um fifty percent had about one to two months of cash to carry themselves right and and you have to think about that um because we've been on an economic expansion for the last decade, right this is just good so understanding that small businesses in general are financially fragile right. Right? how it is uh, and then now you're, you're layering on the pandemic and it's just devastating yeah and I mean yeah, another statistic that 80% of small businesses are looking will likely go under within the next year which is incredible yeah I know that for myself um, I like I said I live on the opposite side of across the street from such a fire guy um, there's a dry cleaners right down the block from me. It's my favorite dry cleaners have been going on for the last 20 years, right? And they closed. And it's horrible. Now, you know, I, I don't know where to take my clothes. And it's just, that's just one, it's a, a small drop in the ocean <laughs> businesses that are closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny that you bring this up because that is, uh, uh you have a great intuition or something. That's where I was thinking next uh, with these small mom and pop shops. What advice would you have? For them? What can they do to avoid going, so that that's really you know a, a difficult difficult to answer because it really depends on what industry you are. Um, I mean, you're you're talking about, for example, your cleaner. Well, people aren't if people aren't going to work, right? And and we've seen that everyone's wearing you know yoga pants or loungewear, anything that they can just like throw into you know a washer and dryer. No one's bringing things to, to the dry cleaner, um, so it, it's almost impossible for them to. To s- survive, um, I can't even think of a way in which they could pivot, except um, you know, offering more tailoring services. You know, uh, everyone was talking about the COVID, uh, the COVID uh, nineteen, right? That everyone everyone's uh, gained weight, so maybe their offering is tailoring. But uh, I don't even see how how that would succeed. But yet, you have businesses like restaurants where they had to pivot, where they where they develop that, you know. Contactless pickup where they you know, leave food by by the door, um or or that New York City uh, and certainly other other areas in New York have sort of waived any kind of restrictions on outdoor dining. Thank God, right? So that they would at least allow them during the warmer months. I mean, now we're coming in. I'm actually looking at my window now and it's snowing. Oh, well, where I am? Yeah. I mean, you know, like flurries. It's not like heavy snow. But can you imagine, running Uh, a restaurant uh, and having outdoor dining and you're, you know, okay, we're surviving, you know, we're, we're making our rent, we're making our payroll, we're paying our vendors fairly, you know, we're, maybe we're, maybe we can even take a little money for ourselves, but lo and behold, November comes around, who wants to eat outside on December, January, so they need to reinvent that again. In fact, um, uh, they were because of this new second wave, right? So we're in the second wave of the pandemic. I mean, there are more restrictions. I mean, just Friday, um, and, and rightfully so. I'm not, I'm not criticizing our governor for this because, again, you know, lives are more important than business, right? Um, But in addition to the occupancy restriction, so right now, they are only allowed to have, depending upon what area you're in, anywhere from 25 to 50% occupancy within your physical restaurant. But now, because of the second wave, because there are areas that have gone above a certain threshold, um, now New York restaurants and bars in those areas have to close at 10 p.m. They have to be closed between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. You know, they're doing that because, you know, to avoid the risky behavior, you know, brought on by lowered inhibitions because of alcohol consumption. I guess like you're you're not so uh, uh, so inebriated at eight o'clock as you would be at ten o'clock that you suddenly are taking your mail, oh, you know, hugging someone. And I I know that you can relate to that because I know you were interested in opening a nightclub. I mean, can yes. you imagine if you had opened your nightclub? I mean, that's just <laughs> like your life savings yeah, something and then something that is totally out of your control. It's not that you didn't market it right. It's not that you didn't get the aesthetic, right. It's not that you didn't get the right product market fit. It's like literally a one in 100 year event, uh, that wiped out, wipes out your life savings. I mean, that, that's something great, but I, I guess to get back to your question is you have to look, uh, where you can pivot, where you can adjust your business. Um, there were, um, for example, doing um, online... How much can things be done online? Uh, certainly, the example of doing fitness online is, is great. And and myself, I'm actually... Um, and myself and I know a number of, of friends of mine are actually taking more classes, being more healthy because of that, because it's like, oh, okay, I don't need to go and drive or I don't need to go to the gym. I can just like roll out of bed, <laughs> uh, essentially, right? Yeah. And uh, just start doing my class. Uh, so that's a benefit. And it's, it's, you know, it, it it can certainly you can launch a business from that. But not every business can do that. It's not like you can virtually cut my hair or virtually <laughs> Yeah, i mean we're now able to go to hairdressers but for example my husband can't get he, he'd like to get a shave at the barber right they can't do that so yeah. that's at least 25 25 percent of his barber was saying that was at least 25 percent of his right there just like forget about that people are cutting back or that he has to have Only two people in a shop at a time, but that's like a whole entire service he cannot offer. Um, So, uh, you know, very challenging. I mean, uh, I do see businesses opening. I think that there is always success. There are always successes, even in the worst of times. I think right now the brick and mortar stores are brick and mortar. If you're you're a small mom and pop are particularly challenging. If there's um, ways that you can, you know, instead of having a retail store do e-commerce, you know, sell online, sell your products online, open up an Amazon store kind of thing. I mean, certainly that that's something that is a growing need, right? Everyone I mean, uh, you know, you just need to to look around. Uh, as I'm driving around, everybody has an Amazon box on their on their front door. Right, so, right. Uh, you know, maybe that's the businesses that you I would I would suggest to focus on rather than brick and mortar. Even even if brick and mortar is your dream, it's just not the time to take the risk. So right now, the move for somebody who would like to start a business would be to go and move online. Right. Yeah, I, if you can, I mean, like, like again, like you're not going to be able to shave someone online, but if you wanted to, yeah, but if you wanted to open a retail store, think about what you can do on e-commerce. If you wanted to open a gym, think about what you can do online with that. Uh, I mean, even with uh even with like food and restaurants, can you do me- meal prep where they can order online and then have it delivered to them, right? right. So rather than opening up. Um, a full-service restaurant. Or if you're thinking about if you're really, you know, if you've signed a lease, maybe instead of having sit-down at first, you're doing, you know, you're focusing on delivery and takeout because that's really where, and and then adjusting your menu and maybe even your pricing, you know, that might be a solution. Right. Okay. So for somebody who is, um, let's say, bootstrapping their own business, right? would you say maybe let's say you want to try and get a couple angel investors because that's pretty reasonable, right? Where would you find something like that today? Because sometimes maybe you don't have enough money you thought you did. I you get a couple right? Of right, right. I mean, honestly, your first money is you're going to, is going to be your friends and family, right? But if you have an idea that's truly scalable and you're looking for investors, it it, it is more challenging now because you're not you're not able to go out and network and also people even investors are more cautious right we're right we understand that if normally one in uh, only one in ten businesses survive what does that how does that exponentiate and during a a pandemic like that's just like it's just exponentially uh, more difficult so um but that doesn't mean that um that that's still not happening um i have some friends who are running uh they used to do these virtual they used to do in-person meetups connecting um investors with startups with pre-launch startups with entrepreneurs with ideas and they would do these networking events and now they're doing virtually but you know again it's it's difficult enough to seal a deal where you're able to get build a in person relationship with this new person that you're meeting, but imagine trying to build this relationship virtually. And mm-hmm. I, when I say that I don't mean that if you're a tech person that you're not. That we're not all tech savvy. I'm just saying that there are a lot of people who really need like to look you in the eye, understand curious right. you are. Before I'm, I'm, I'm giving investing my money with you, and, and again, they're Look, you don't know what's happening uh, out there, and I think a lot of the money is going to be flowing to people who have, uh, who have had successes in the past, m- and there's going to be less money going to going to maybe young, you know, young people in college, people who don't have any, any sort of su- success. Uh, in, in the past, any any sort of reputation that they can, they uh, have of success track that they can show. Exactly. I've done this business successfully and we sold it and now we can do this successfully. Okay. okay. So, uh, what is one lesson that you've learned in your years working in different, for different companies and opening your own business? What's one lesson you've learned that you think everybody should know when you're opening a business? This is one thing you should look for, and watch out for, or know okay. yourself just, just involved. Sure. So number one, everyone somehow thinks if you open a business, you're rich, right? And that you can live this wonderful life. If you talk to most entrepreneurs at startups, they are working minimally 60, 70 hours a week trying to get their business off the ground. They may not be seeing money, any kind of profit. They may have revenue. But they're not seeing any profit from that business. And maybe they're working even like a side gig to support themselves. So I think um, the biggest uh, misconception is that I can start a business I'm going to make a million. I'm going to be the next, uh, you know, I'm going to be the next Elon Musk. I'm going to be the next this guy, this person, the next this person. Yeah, maybe, but it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work. It's not going to come easy, easily to you. I think the um, other really important lesson is to treat people whether they're your employee, whether they're your they employees or if they're your vendors, the way you want to be treated with utmost respect and honesty. And I think uh, the third most important I' honestly think it's the third most important but is you need to be customer centric. Always worrying about what your customers' needs are and anticipating them, not waiting for them to tell necessarily tell you what, what they need, but anticipating those needs. So the, the, those three things. One, work, it's gonna be a lot of work. Uh, two, treat people, you know, work, you know, human resources, whether that's employees or vendors, are critical to the success of your business. So make sure that you are being a true leader. And you're, that you're treating them the way you want to be treated, and then obviously that you're 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 conducting your business in a customer centric manner. Yes. Not necessarily one, two, three. anything. Uh, depending upon any day of the week that might uh, that might that might fluctuate. Got it. Okay. Um, there's a lot of people I know. Um, I personally am an entrepreneurship minor. But there are a lot of people who aren't taking any entrepreneurship classes or aren't even in college and they want to start a business. Would you say that it is imperative that they take some sort of entrepreneurship or business class in order to open or own your own business? Or is it okay to just if this is what you want, just dive into it? So I you know, the academic to me is gonna say, absolutely you have to take you have to be trained, right? You have to be trained, you have to understand. Um, I think that um, you could do both. You could do a combination. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you go to college for entrepreneurship, or that you know maybe you're not in college. Or, you know, you're not going to come in go in college and take courses, but you can certainly take other um, free or low pay or low cost programs, legitimate uh, programs that can give you direction. You know, like for example, I have. Uh, I have a student who wants to launch a bakery and just speaking with him and and me giving him direction about a couple of things. There were so many things, so many requirements that he didn't understand that he needed to get to open a bakery. I mean, forget about that. He's not opening it now because of the pandemic, but just in the future, there were so many things. I've another young man who uh, wants to open up a food cart, food, food truck. But, uh, and also not understanding all of the licensing re- insurance and requirements. So you need to be aware of that because that can get you in trouble. Right? That can get you shut down. Um, it can end up costing you more in fines than it would have been to do it properly. No. Um, yeah. So I think that, yes, you can learn from trial and error. And, um, you know, you know, you can be your own self-advocate. But I think it's really A beneficial whether you're going through a uh, more official type of program uh, or if you just have a few mentors. Uh, And even if you go, even if you're enrolled in a program or enrolled in college and taking entrepreneurship courses, you should always look. And as you know, you should always look to have some sort of an advisory board of outsiders Mm -hmm. to give you direction to help advise. Maybe you don't really understand how to market properly. Well, get in, get someone who's going to give you advice. Oh, uh, I don't really understand finance. Well, get someone who's going to give you advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're and, like getting people who specialize in different areas to take care and handle those situations. So again, I'm not saying pay anyone, but look for people who are willing to mentor you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, if anyone's listening to this podcast, I'm just assuming that You know, this is going just as the SFC community. But if you're in college and you have that .edu address, and I think I've said this in our class, in in, in many of my classes, and and certainly you've heard this, people want to help you. They want to help you now. Like when you're 30, you're just like another 30-year-old who's trying to eat up my time. But I'm going to help you because you're young and in college and it's going to make me feel good about myself, right? I'm going to be able to go home to my spouse uh, or my mother and say, oh, I helped this young person today, right? And I'm going to give you, you know, and you'll find that that they'll, they'll spend more time with you than if you were necessarily older. Although that's not always true, but in general, if you're young, it's easier, it's much easier to find mentors because everyone's looking to give back and feel and also feel good about themselves.
0: Okay, 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 okay. And now for our final clown of the week for today, we're tripling it up. I know we said it was going to be two, but guess what? Now it's three. Things change every day. You know what's changing the most? The weather. That's why Mother Nature is our third clown of the week for this week, okay? It is absurd. Today, it was what? It was uh, th- Freezing 32, outside. 30 degrees? Guess what it's going to be tomorrow? 63, okay? What was it at the beginning of the week? 70 degrees. Right now, it's supposed to be
1: snowing. This time, two or three years ago, it was snowing. Around Thanksgiving, it's snowing. So why is it that we're having miami weather then we're having new york weather and then we're having miami weather again and la weather next weekend global warming global no but you know mr orange is sus doesn't believe that you know global warming is he's very is really
0: sus orange is lying about orange orange is lying about global warming i i can't do this i hate it i hate it it's unbelievable uh the weather is too up and down. I got to pull my coat out every day. It's too heavy. It's heavy to pull out every day. I'm sweating because it's 80 degrees and I thought it was going to be cold like it was yesterday. You just never and know. I'm just sick of it. So even the weather app doesn't work. You never like, know you know, now. it
1: says 30, then you walk outside it's <laughs> hot as hell. Or it says it's 60 right. and then you walk outside with the hoodie and you're like, "Oh, it's really cold." I probably should go back upstairs for my, you know, jacket or coat.
0: And I never go back upstairs, and I always regret it. It's unbelievable. So, for this reason, Mother Nature is our third clown of the week. Get it together, Mother Nature. Get it together. Vaccine. We're getting a vaccine, people. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. Okay, so... Uh am I am I prepared for the vaccine? No. Will I be? You know what? Here's the thing. I will not be first in line to get it. I am a very safe person. I've been a germaphobe for 20 years. Okay. <laughs> so I don't think, God forbid, I I knock on wood. I don't think I'm gonna get corona because I am a very safe person, right? Anything is possible, but I'm gonna continue to be safe. I'm not getting the vaccine first. I'll wait a year or two to see if anybody dies from it. So get it. if
1: it. your job requires it, then what would you do? Ah. If school requires ah. it, what
0: would you um, do? Um I'll get a fake doctor's note. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, I'm sure I could go out with a doctor. I've been I've talked to a couple doctors in my day, okay? Um where they uh doctors that get vaccines no but i think an eye doctor is very close to a doctor. to a doctor i think it's very close
1: went it's to medical a doctor, school right? and everything
0: so i could to one 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 phone call get her on the phone flirt a little bit and then boom i'm back
1: in say, but okay, i don't think that's and... how they check it's just like you know when you get your immunization forms i think that's how they check <laughs> so you would have to put that <sighs> my physician is
0: in love with me she, i think if I, if I, you know, give her, like, a wink or two, I, I'm
2: sure she'll be happy to do it. sure she'll
1: Okay, be. so you're saying I'm that you, like, this without out. a doubt, you would not... You would, like, see how it plays out. I don't want to do it. And then maybe, like, you would, yes. you know... You would try. Like, you'd not try it, yes. but obviously get it.
0: Uh, later on down the line, I will consider... Getting the vaccine, but at the moment, it just doesn't seem like it's. I just feel like it's very
1: sus. It's very sus. It came very quick, right? Like, I get that the like COVID is really bad, it spreads really quick, but it's just like this vaccine came orange is sus right now,
0: okay? Orange is sus. I don't trust anything (laughs) that orange is doing, okay? I don't like it, I'm not here for it. And the vaccine is even more. He got the vaccine. Orange faked. Definitely the faked and he definitely faked like it. Definitely. that's how I feel. That's how. That's how I feel about it. Okay, that's an Among Us. If you if you don't play what Among Us, doing? uh, get, get with the program. We're, it's it's we're a pandemic in twenty twenty. Play, play Among Us. Get with the program. Can, by the way, can we just talk I about Among Us for one second? That game is so good. That game is. It so It came good. out of
1: nowhere at a time that know, we really needed it. But if it came out like April May, they would have been making money. Oh, my God. Oh. oh my. God,
0: so for those of you, for our viewers that don't know what Among Us is, it's a game for your phone, you could get it on your computer if you wish, uh, it, it's a little more work, but anyways, uh, it's, uh, what is it, astronauts, I, think I guess, astronauts. right? Are they're they astronauts? astronauts. They so are cute. in They're in space, and there is a killer on imposter. the spaceship, and you go around, If you, well, yes, the imposter kills. And if this imposter kills you, you are a ghost, and you get to watch everything. And finish your task. And you have a vote, and you have to finish your tasks. Uh, But you have to vote off the person who you believe the imposter is. And if not, they're gonna continue to kill people, and maybe kill you. And then the imposter wins, or the crewmate wins. Point is, it's an amazing game. Download it it. right now. Among us. Share it with your friends. So, yes. Uh, So right now. uh, Orange, which is code for Donald Trump, <laughs> is sus, as in Among Us. And I don't trust that he is um, getting this vaccine. I don't trust the vaccine. It was too fast. Uh, what is this? One day to the next, all of a the sudden right. there's a vaccine. I don't like it. I don't like it. So I'm going to let the, the rest of the I mean anybody who wants to do it, go ahead. Get the vaccine if you feel it's right for you. I will see how you react to it, and then I'll move. I'll it's crazy move because I
1: there. feel like a majority of the people that I spoke uh. The majority of the people that I have spoken to, they definitely don't want to get this vaccine. They want nothing to do with it. Nothing. And I feel the same way. Like, I don't, I don't, I find it weird. Like, I don't want to go into my doctor's office and be like, oh, let me get the vaccine. Like, I'm hearing that this, this is coming now. But, you know, if I really, really, really have to get it, like, I ha- I my life depended on it. Like, I can't go anywhere without right. it.
0: Let's be realistic, Caleb. When was the last time you got your flu shot? <laughs> exactly.
1: Me, I don't. I, think, I don't even know. I,
0: have I ever? If it wasn't a flu last no.
1: year, then if it was like two years ago, because yikes! <coughs> <Yay. coughs> uh, <ooh>, someone's coughing.
0: <laughs> I don't know when I got it, and I don't think it's just not going to happen to me. So I'm not into it. So now, for those of us who aren't getting the vaccine, right? Now we got to be safe. So, what are some is there a safe way to shop? Is that is that something that exists now, a safe way to shop?
1: Um, safe way to shop. I don't really think so. Like I do appreciate though since I do work in retail, um I do appreciate the way that people are handling it, people are doing social distance, like we're doing social socially distant shopping. Um if somebody needs a shoe in my example, you know, they just call out the shoe and then we bring it to them, let them try it on if they have any questions. We're like six feet away. Um, what else? Hand sanitizers are all over the place. People wearing their masks. You need to wear a mask in order to come into the store. So I just feel like right. it's kind of safe. But then it gets to the point where we come in like we come in contact with people that just refuse to wear the mask.
0: Don't yeah, follow And the they just want to come
1: and be like, I just don't need one. Miss Karen, you do need a mask. I feel like I can't breathe with the I have mask. A Come condition. on, Do you really? Do you really? Let's be real. How do you? How do you feel? Have like when you <laughs> went shopping,
0: your nose don't work. When you
1: went, sh- I'm your sorry, lungs what?
0: Are <laughs> Osteoporosis. Lung
1: condition. You should probably put down those cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can't right. breathe, but you're smoking. Huh? Okay. Huh. Okay.
1: How do you feel like now um, that you've, cause I know you love shopping. So how do you feel now with how everybody's handling the shopping and like people putting restrictions and different stuff, no fitting rooms? How do you feel about that? Cause I know we talked about it the first episode, um, but I want to get your opinion now right. that it's fully,
0: but we've lived yeah, through it a bit more exactly. since then. Right. Um, I feel like I, I, again, I love shopping. So it's nice to get back out there. It's a little weird. It's a little different than it was before. But, um, I mean, I'm happy and not happy. There are restrictions. I can't try things on. I'm going back and forth to stores to return things, which is annoying. But, you know, at least I could shop. And I don't hate the restrictions at the same time. I do like that there's only a certain amount of people in the store. Um. There's not so much. You have more opportunities to get the things that you want. Yeah, like, I feel like now uh, now that for like, me, you, know, you
1: can't, I, like, I can't you know, there's more sizes available because people aren't going in. So you have more of an opportunity to get what you so, want and not being worried about, oh my God, it's sold out, you know? Because people don't want to weigh on those lines. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. Exactly.
0: So I'm definitely happy about that. But um, I think just in general if you want to go out and shop, do it, just follow the guidelines. It's the safest way to do it. And, um, you know, just wear your mask. I think that's the best way to stay safe, uh, today in this craziness that we are living through. Uh, wear your mask. If you want to wear gloves, wear gloves. And don't forget that it's getting cold outside. Okay. Um, it's getting cold and the weather's out of control. As we, uh, stated earlier. Um, uh, our Clown of the Week, uh, Miss uh, Mother Nature, <laughs> is bugging yes. up. Yes.
1: Can you believe so beginning of this week it was 70 and now we're at 30?
0: So, yeah, I think right now, you know, we're living in crazy times. And especially, let's not forget, okay, it's already towards the end of November. December is right around the corner. People are going to get sick. It's getting cold outside cold and flu season is here on top of the fact that we're getting a second wave of the pandemic so please do bundle up wear your scarves your hats are you going to look like an Eskimo yes is it imperative that you wear it yes okay sometimes you gotta look a little silly to save yourself and that's what we're gonna have to do because this is the world we're living in now people
1: (sighs) ah I'm just very very I knew this would happen I knew that the summer it would right. be kind of dimmed down, which it was. But now that winter's coming and everything, like I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's getting cold, people. It's gonna be it was a cold summer, it's a cold winter.
1: Get yourself on, together. Please please protect take your vitamins, buckle up boost your immune system. Do something. <laughs> Do something. Because I'm I don't wanna hear <laughs> Get those. while I'm taking the train. I don't need all that. <laughs> I don't. Stay home.
0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for episode three of Wake Me Up When It's Over podcast. I hope you guys learned something from the great Miss Ida Sanchez, person, and all of her uh, amazing tips about business and her uh, great insight. Um, if not, I also hope that you guys got some great t- tips and facts about uh, this second wave that is looming in the distance. So I hope you guys are well prepared. And um, I don't know if you guys know this because time seems to be moving a little funny now in this pandemic, but Thanksgiving is just next week. So I hope you guys all have an amazing Thanksgiving. Uh, spend some time with family. And if you're not around your family, give them a call. Call your mom. <laughs> Let her know how much you love her. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody, people. Come on. Spread the love. Spread. I'm grateful. What am I grateful this year? You guys listening. All right. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. And listen to our next episode. Uh, We're on Spotify now, so listen to us on Spotify. Wake me up when it's over podcast.
1: Happy Thanksgiving!
0: (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving!